Welcome to the PI Podcast, political insights for the Palaging Inis. I'm your host, Matt, and with me is my co-host, political scientist, meme lord, and star of the new Ang Lee film, Flying Marxist Hidden Trotsky, George. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was, you know what? As far as I'm concerned, um, my former students who were part of the National Democratic Left actually tried to mm-hmm. recruit me. Pero sabi nila, two Trotskyists. Pia nyo, pia nating lahat, board your service. Yes, and we are continuing our Understanding Ideology series with socialism. And of course, we're releasing this on Labor Day. So it's very much appropriate. Yeah. And uh, of course, we've talked about the left Before, we've had a slice of PI about, of course, call me by your name, about red tagging. But now we're going to dive deeper into the ideology on what is, at the very least, uh, socialism, which is a big part of the left. It's not the entire left, but the part of it. Now, Borge, any uh, initial thoughts before we introduce our guest who can yeah. definitely help us with understanding this? Yeah, as you said, uh, socialism is a really big, you know, it's, it's a general ideology. It, co- it covers so many things. And there are so many variants of uh, socialism. And I think, uh, just say a note, I think socialism is one of the children of liberalism. So, pinanganak uh, after the French Revolution. And it has a long history. It's a very long history. Mm-hmm. And uh, the left in the Philippines, socialism in the Philippines, is still a lingering question. And uh, we're looking forward to flesh it out. And this is actually... Very interesting. I mean, of course, they've always been around. They've always had a presence. But right now, they actually have a more... Well, they've always had candidates, but now they, at the very least, there's one explicitly leftist socialist candidate in Kalyodi. And I don't know, what, what do you think? Maybe we could talk about this later, but initially, yeah. I think this might be uh, an opportunity... Like, the ideologies are more uh, like developed and more consolidated, in, yeah. at least now yeah, in yeah. the left. Yeah, yeah to an extent. Uh, but Kaliotis run for the presidency. Uh, if my memory serves me correct, I think this is the first time that uh, a socialist run ran mm-hmm. for the presidency for a long time, mm-hmm. for a long time. So I think this is uh, an opportunity for them to you know place the, the labor sector at that level, you know, at the mm-hmm. presidential. Because they're usually senators. So yes, you had Saturno Campo running senator. You have they're called Minaris running again for senator. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Walden now, Bellio. yeah, Walden Bellio as well run, running now for vice president of Caliodi. So uh, socialism is taking, you know, it, it's developing. All ideologies and all the movements tied with it are developing. And so it's moving to, towards that direction. But, but yeah, I do have some comments on that one later. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think it's, uh, it's Caliodi's run for the presidency is one reason why we should take a closer look at what socialism is. Okay, so uh, we're, let's now, without further ado, introduce our guest so we can really get started on discussing what mm. socialism is. So first of all, of course, he is a friend of ours. Like We met him as a colleague in De La Salle University, but he spends a lot of his time at, in, both in activism and in, in research. And uh, he's currently the editor-in-chief in Praxis, the Journal of Asian Social Democracy, and a researcher at the Government Watch, a project in, I believe, Ateneo School of Government, if I'm not mistaken. So It used to be. It used to be. Ah, okay. It used but to be. It's a spin-off now. Uh, uh, so it's oh. a spin-off now. Okay. Yeah. But definitely immersed in activism and, of course, mm-hmm. research. So uh, please welcome our guest, Mr. Uh, Francis Kiko Isaac. So welcome to the PI Podcast. Ooh, welcome, welcome. Salamat, Mac. Uh, salamat, uh, Borch. Magandang gabi, mga ka-PI. <laughs> yes, ka-PI. All right. So... First of all, uh, let's, dis- let's discuss, you know, 
uh, based on what you know, uh, what is socialism? And of course, how did you end up, you know, what is your experience in socialism, you know, in the Philippines, you know? How did you get into that uh, ideology? <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll just give a, a, a generic definition of socialism. Socialism is usually defined as the public ownership of the means of production exchange. So this means uh, public control over factories, uh, banks, uh, farmlands, mm. even transportation. Uh, I think the debate in socialism is, uh, although all socialists agree on the definition, on that very broad de definition, the main contention is how do you operationalize that de de definition in, in practice? Mm -hmm. And this is where the debates uh, mm. come in. Now, because of the varied ways of operationalizing that definition, you then have this different strands of, uh, of socialism. Now, I'll just mention three so that one would be uh, social democracy slash democratic socialism and another one would be uh, communism, uh, mm -hmm. also called really existing socialism in, mm -hmm. during the oh. 1970s and 80s. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, the third would be uh, anarchism. So these mm -hmm. are the uh, at least three major strands. Siyempre, kung, kung social mm -hmm. democracy, democratic socialism, they, they, their argument is you can you 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 operationalize socialism by having a welfare state, by ensuring that you have uh, free uh, well uh, welfare benefits for older citizens. You mean from womb to tomb, you know, mm -hmm. the, the Scandinavian model, uh, gen generous retirement benefits, and then state regulation of the economy to uh, curb the excesses of capitalism. Now, anarchism on the other hand is you know the immediate. Uh, calls for the immediate uh, overthrow of capitalism and the destruction of the state as, mm. in, as an apparatus of <clears throat> repression. Communism, on the other hand, lies between the two mm. uh, because, of its, uh, because of its assertion that it, the, the goal is abol the abolition of private property through the gradual withering away of the state. So yeah. in yung three, three major strands. And, and, and even within those strands, uh, may mga debates din uh, debates din to alibar ang pagkakalam ko within the German Social Democratic Party SPD alam ko there are at least seven to ten platforms there in in Pitay uh, yung partido ni Lula sa Brazil uh, they have uh, seven seven tendencies so in Akbayan uh, where, where the party I belong it used to be a coalition of three uh, three uh, sorry four political four political blocks so even within within, within those mm. may mga may mga debates there Mm. So I think you mentioned you're part of the uh, one of those groups and you know yeah, and, yeah. social democrats so, yeah so maybe maybe you can tell us like maybe your backstory and like perhaps tell us also, also like why you are in the socialist group you know are you a socialist and why are you a socialist oh yeah I, I, actually I always get that that question both in in informal conversations and informal conversations and I, I I would and my 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 quick answer would be. Because I'm a guy who, who came from the slums. Uh, I grew up uh, in the slums of Pasay City in, in a place ironically called uh, Park Avenue. So there's a place in Park Avenue in, in Pasay mm. that used to be a, a, a slum community. Mm. Uh, now that, that community, a few, about 10, 10 15 years ago, uh, it was totally demolished to, and then to make way for this, uh, for this uh, huge Park Avenue condominium. So every time I pass there, uh, I, 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 I have this sense of identity crisis because mm. I don't, I, the place is no longer familiar. 
Mm-hmm. It's just one big structure. So there are, the, the, the chandras are no longer there. Hindi ko na makita yung paborito kong sari-sari store. And then sometimes I, 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 I even question myself, did I really grow, grew up in this area? Because it's totally different. So for me, in my, in my household, I was the first one to actually to earn a salary that is above the, the minimum wage. Mm-hmm. Sa akin, the question of poverty and inequality in the Philippines, which is the two main concerns of socialism, to, to me, they are not cerebral issues. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I did not only witness it, I witnessed it, I experienced it, and mm-hmm. it's, I experienced it in the most visceral way. The problem with poverty is that you don't only have mat- you don't only have mat- material insecurity. Mm-hmm. The, the it also has existential issues tied to it, and one of them mm-hmm. is that you don't see the horizon before you, because you are concerned with day-to-day existence. You don't see mm-hmm. any horizon before you. All you see all you see is the bleakness of your immediate needs, the immediacy. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's uh, yung, yung, yung sinasabi ni Marx na the state of necessity. Mm. Uh, and the, the, the second one is that when you are poor, especially in this country, you are actually robbed of your personhood. Uh, you are not considered as a human being, you're considered as a moving target. I, I remember I, 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 before, my, my father used to work in, 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 in a restaurant in Irbita at panggabi siya noon. Uh, mm. One time, uh, inabot siya ng alauna ng madaling araw, hindi pa siya umuwi. So sinabi na ko ng nanay ko na abangan siya sa sa kanto. And then habang inaabang and I was I was I was in third year high school back then. And then when I was uh, waiting for my for my father to come, here comes the police patrol. And then the patrol stopped in front of me, the windows gradually opened, then the head of a police officer came out on the window and said, "Anong ginagawa mo diyan?" Ang, ang, ang reflection ko later on is that uh, as far as the authorities are concerned when you're poor, you're not considered as a human being. You're considered as either a... a ang, ang default tingin, tinatingin sa'yo ay either you're a criminal, you're part of the underworld, mm-hmm. or you're, you're are not wanted by society. Mm-hmm. So, so that, that for me is... Para sa, para, para sa akin ay... Those were, those were my personal reasons why I later on became an activist later on uh, I started my activism in, in college so I think I've been I, I've been in I, I've been an activist for the past 29 years wow legit <laughs> yes uh, actually that's thank you for sharing that in fact I think you and I can all agree Borge that uh, mm. poverty is a good motivator to getting into like socialism but I think I, I want to ask this now maybe we can get into that a, a bit later oh. um, the, the experience of poverty in the Philippines and, but mm. the discussion of socialism is usually it's said in the same breath or maybe used interchangeably with communism and uh, mm. Kiko yeah. you mentioned that there are different branches and right now a lot of people are, when they say Marxism, they, they usually think communist. communista, and of course, yeah. there's a lot of baggage and stigma there. But maybe can I ask you, like, maybe what's the difference, and why a socialist and not a communist? Because there we know a lot of students, even you know, up to this day, who go straight to communism. So how would you differentiate yeah. that, and why socialism and not communism? Well, all communists are socialists, but okay. not all socialists are communists. So okay. socialism is that's the that's the that's the 
the that's base. The, that's that's the that's the base. That's the large community. So socialism is a big church. So it's very sectarian. <laughs> so mm. even within Christianity, you have Catholics, you have Baptists, you have Anabaptists, you have Methodists. So mm. so is in socialism. It, it it just so happens that you know, uh, communism were for the most part. Uh, from 1917 until 1991 was considered as the wave of the future because you know mm. they 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 were the most not I wouldn't say they were the, they were the most radical but they were the most successful among the radical factions of of that great uh, socialist family mm. uh, and they they were largely uncompromising and you know uh, the communists contributed a lot in in the defeat of fascism during the second world war so that's that's the reason why uh, they're, they're very popular at the same time Uh, during the Cold War, one third of the of the world were were run by Marxist-Leninist uh, mm. governments, and you know, uh, if you want to have a barometer of success, then seizing state power is is mm. one of, of one of those barometers, and it's a very it's 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 also a very enticing barometer. So if you're an activist and then you're poor, and then and somebody would tell you. That, Communism is the wave of the future, and look, you know the mm. the, Soviet, the, the Soviet Union, China, and all, all those big, all, all the, the two largest countries are, are are communist. So you know, so I think we we have to make that that distinction. And another distinction that we should make is that although all communists are Marxists, not all Marxists are communists. For instance, mm. I, I consider myself as a Marxist in the sense that I use class analysis in mm-hmm. in 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 my in my writings. In, in my discussions. Uh, so that is the essence of Marxism. Althusser said that uh, the major contribution of Marx is that he was able to discover this entire epistemological continent called mm. uh, historical materialism, basically meaning that, that the historical development occurs through, through class dynamics and class struggle. Mm. I, I, I use that as a tool. However, I, I'm also aware that just like any other tool, Marxism also has its limitations. Mm-hmm. So if I want to study institutions, I would ha- I would have to use other tools of analysis. I mean, uh, uh, I, I'm really worried. I'm I'm really worried about about socialists who, who consider their socialism or Marxism as an ideology. I'm I'm really worried about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think we I think we should be humble enough to admit that not all questions can be answered by a single meta narrative. Okay. And yeah. We should also be humble enough that we can learn from people who do not share our the socialist cause. Okay. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't mind having a conversation with Nozick or Raymond Aron I mean, mm-hmm. or uh, yeah. Edmund Burke, I mean, the, the uh-huh. great conservative, uh, or Milton Friedman for that matter. I mean, mm-hmm. mga neoliberal conservative uh, thinkers. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you can have. A lot of incense from from these people, and you should, mm. you should have the intellectual humility to admit that. Yeah, yeah, I do agree with that one. That that's what I've been doing for the past few <laughs> years yeah. myself. Yeah. No, I, I've been I've been dealing with free market people, and I've been reading mm. their literature. Like I think, mga free market advocates. Uh, during my experience, <clears throat> I went to conferences abroad. So, mm. yeah, you the again the dangers of the state, and I think this is something that. Uh, It's being adjusted right now for Marxists, recognizing the dangers of state power, that the mm. state is not merely a mechanism. logic, so I think Nikos Polanzas would be there. But uh, I think we can settle just to settle, you know, socialism as a theory, and you know, based on your own experiences with poverty and regarding your very 
striking life story again i am i am reminded by, of mark saying that you know the system creates its own grave diggers so the system created you <laughs> oh it's basically part of the grave diggers of the current system but I still read them. Yeah. I still read the uh, Shizek, you know. My favorite victim of allergic rhinitis. Our life experiences actually you know, creates us. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, but yeah, just to pin down socialism as a theory, I, what is the socialist explanation for poverty? So we have mass poverty. We have sustained levels of poverty. Uh, how does socialism or how can socialist theory you know, explain it? Well, what's the root of poverty? I mean, for our listeners who are yeah. probably thinking right now of poverty. So what's the, what's the socialist explanation for it? Well, uh, I, 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 I would answer that probably not in a direct way, but from, from, uh, from the sidelines. Yeah, yeah. One of the debates in philosophy is the structure agency mm. debate. Yeah? Mm. Um, yeah. uh, what determines reality? Is it human action or is it the, the invisible structures uh, that, deter- that determine human behavior? Mm. Well, socialism, particularly, particularly, particularly in, this is very explicit in Marxist analysis. Mm. They... They, they really go on the side of, of structure. Yeah. Uh, there's a difference between uh, structure and appearance. Behind the appearance, behind the, uh, the, uh, the, the series of historical events mm. is, a, is, a, is the structure uh, shapes and determines uh, uh, social reality. And for, for socialists, uh, that, that is the class structure. Mm. And that is rooted in the unequal uh, division uh, of, of wealth and political power, especially here in the Philippines. Uh, political power and economic power uh, is closely uh, entwined. And uh, Matt, Matt, Matt is uh, just co-wrote a book on patronage democracy, edited <laughs> by uh, Professor Kalimbain and Dr. Lai. And Dr. Hanki has always been... Has, his scholarship is really focused on, on, on the political dynasties in the Philippines and how political dynasties have dominated uh, the legislature and by extension, the executive branch since the first elections were held in the Philippines in 1902. So he was saying that uh, uh, for since the elections were, were, were first held, only, only more, more or less 100 families have been, have been contesting elections for the legislature. And those families, of course, are rooted initially in, in, in land ownership, but they have mm. now diversified to, to, to business and, and <laughs> industry, uh, banking, commerce, what have you. So yung, yung class analysis is really central to, to, uh, to, the, to, the to, to, to socialist theory. It believes that poverty is not, it's not, it's not, it's not due to katamaran, it's, mm. but you have social structures but that perpetuate the unequal division of, of, of resources, wealth, and political power in, 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 in society. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do agree with that one. Usually, during my classes, I would always, you know, when I'm teaching policy or city gov, whenever we come across the issue of poverty, there would always be a few people who would say, they're just too lazy. So, <laughs> and I always, you know, I make a point that if wealth can be inherited, you must take into account that poverty can also be inherited. Yeah. And that is basically the structure 
determining where you start. So, yeah, yeah. It, you know, nakakalimutan mo sa janti yan na even poverty itself mm-hmm. can be inherited. So, yeah. but I need to make peace with the with the reality that some some people, probably a minority, actually became poor because they're stupid. <laughs> so, I need to make peace with that. But they're the mm-hmm. large majority, they inherited their poverty. So, mm-hmm. so janti ko, how can you justify that one? Yeah. How can you justify mm-hmm. people inheriting poverty? In other words, the system is rigged against them. And yeah. no matter how hard they work, they'd still be limited by, again, the, the structure mm. which favor yeah uh of course clearly they this all comes from again this classical theory of class analysis from marx you know karl marx who technically articulated and if not invented that classical mm. the conflict between the bourgeoisie which is of course the, those who own the means of production and the the working class you know those who mm. are uh, used for their labor, you know, and to produce these products, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, of course, uh, that's the backbone of a lot of again the socialist and communist uh, theories. So, I'm, I'm, but of course, with regards to theories, there's also that translation to politics. Now, I was wondering if you can, either of you, could try and uh, explain for our listeners, maybe briefly but comprehensively, how do you explain that transition from theory into again politics? With socialist or communist politics, do you think that maybe Marx would agree with that? You know, with all the people that, all the in a way, the inheritors of his theory tried to do it into practice, hence mm. praxis. So, well, uh, there's this book by 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 Hal Draper, uh, which mm. talks about Marx uh, Marx uh, uh, theory of the state, and he argues that Marx. That the theory of Marx, that, that Marx was actually a radical democrat in, in the sense mm-hmm. that uh, uh, yes he was in favor of, of of state power but he never but Marx was a pro- product in, in a way of the French Revolution mm-hmm. so Marx was was loyal had, had this fidelity to the twin principles of liberty and equality ah. and by liberty it's not only positive liberty but also negative liberty which mm. you know na sumusunod ng mga yeah. ng mga ng mga liberal so parang marx was also so this is the, the, the this is the uh, the dynamics in in marx political theory i i, I mm. guess parang he was he was aware that you need the state mm. to do to do away with 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 this with, with the structures mm. that maintain poverty and inequality but at the same time he was also worried about to yeah. Uh, uh, an overly centralized state, mm. uh, because an overly centralized state can actually can actually uh, limit your your latitude of, of freedom, mm. and uh, that's the reason why a lot of democratic socialists slash social democrats and even anarchists were very critical of the the the, the type of socialism that emerged in 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 the Soviet Union mm. later on in 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 Eastern Europe and in China and Cuba and and until now in in in, mm. in Ethiopia. State socialism. It's yeah. state socialism, but it's overly centralized. Mm. Uh, well, I, 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 I would agree with most mainstream political scientists when they say that the, the minimum requirement of, uh, of democracy is uh, free, fair, and uh, competitive elections. You don't have mm. that in, 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 <laughs> Soviet mo- in, in, in the Soviet model. You only mm. pick... Mm. You only, the, the state gives you the list. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Parang, parang uh, okay uh, maswerte ka na kung meron kang dalawang pagpipilian for a, for a certain position and those, those two people are both members of the communist party mm-hmm. <laughs> parang, uh, parang it's just like a picking uh, do you want coke or coke light 
<laughs> Do you want Pepsi or Pepsi Blue? Uh, so, <laughs> I think, and, 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 and I, I share and I share those criticisms of uh, you know the quote unquote the most successful uh, socialist experiments that we that we that we had. Social democrats and anarchists would call the, the the Soviet model as really existing socialism, both as a mm. both as a satire and as a critique. Mm. Uh, of 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 the of the limitations and the the the, the complete lack of freedom in 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 in, in, in those societies. So, parang, mm. uh, ako, I'm confident that if Marx lived during the time of Stalin, he would be the the, the one of the first ones to go to the gulag. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> yeah. and, uh, you're, you, you don't you don't follow the party line. <laughs> you should go to Siberia. <laughs> Yeah, you uh-huh. we almost did that with the with the Salians, the Salians and the yeah. Okay, he they needed to urge him not to publish the criticism because <laughs> yeah. na yung party. But yeah, you know, regarding that, it's a good question from Matt. Really, how, how do you translate uh, the economic theory into actual politics? And this is a very tricky issue with socialism, uh, especially socialist politics. But yes, uh, I, I second uh, Kiko's observation about Marx. He actually leaves that as an open question. Uh, again, his tricky notion of dictatorship of the proletariat is very tricky. Uh, even Lenin, uh, even Lenin, he, who tried to elaborate on the dictatorship of the proletariat, actually, he, his last few works, you know, b- before he died, he, there's an anarchist tinge to Lenin himself. Yeah, right. so because, because, yeah, yeah. yeah, because Lenin also wants, you know, the dissolution of the state. Yeah. But then again, Stalin took over, so so uh, I think what we can settle right now is you know the, the socialist theory of the state is vulnerable very vulnerable to the concentration of power Kayasiguro, the social Democrats uh, has a more nuanced view of the state mm. they don't call for its abolition nor do they call for its you know the concentration of all all power to a supposedly you know worker state that's the rub of it you you assume that the state already represents the people. And it's so it's a different issue whether it actually does. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's a very that's a very good mm-hmm. point that you made, Borgia. I, I remember that there's this uh, there's this uh, biography, a very an, mm-hmm. anti-communist biography by uh, <laughs> on on Trotsky, uh, and, and he said that the problem with 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 the reason why Trotsky lost in the power struggle with Stalin mm-hmm. was that because Trotsky became a victim of of his own success. Uh, in 1921, there was a debate within the in the Soviet Communist Party whether to dissolve the labor unions or not. Mm-hmm. And Trotsky uh, made the position in favor of dissolving the labor unions. And his argument was because the state is now a worker state. Mm-hmm. It is the workers that control the commanding heights of the economy. Mm-hmm. Then the function of trade unions becomes redundant. Mm. Because in, in, a, in a capitalist system, or particularly in a charist regime mm. like Russia, where it's too repressive, then the workers would need uh, institutions of representation, mm. and those are the labor unions. Mm. So Trotsky was uh, was uh, in favor of dissolving the labor unions, and then Stalin took over. He became mm. the general secretary because you no longer have labor unions. Wala ka na mabo- wala na siya mobilize. <laughs> to create his own opposition within the party because the party bureaucracy have, have been totally Stalinized. So yeah. siyang, he had no forces outside of the party to, to contest yeah. the party the, the party leadership. So uh, Trotsky became a victim of, 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 uh, of his own success. So I think, 
uh, one of the lessons is that you know the, the lessons of Trotsky. You know, the, the guy mm. is very brilliant. He was practically the the mind behind the October Revolution. But you know, uh, the the tragedy of Trotsky is that he was a victim of, of, of his own success. And before his fall from power, he was he had this tremendous Christian-like faith on the state. <laughs> and eventually, the state that he created mm. devoured him. No. So that's the mm. tragedy of Leon Trotsky. He's overconfident. Oh. But then again, he, he, no, kasi binigay kay Stalin yung the most boring job, which is the general secretary. Job, the yeah. most boring, but deceivingly, it's actually the most yeah. beautiful. So, Robert, <laughs> Robert Service, yeah. The, yeah. the biographer of Robert Service. Uh, na, na yeah. Yeah. You know, reg- regarding that one, uh, I think just a brief elaboration regarding labor unions. I think uh, contemporary Marxist theories right now is actually catching up. Uh, mm. Then you have this movement you know, the, the intellectual head of this movement is you know, Richard Wolff. That was in a... Mm-hmm. I forgot the, forgot the two other ones. Uh, I think Eric Allin-Wright would be one. You know, the economic democracy debate. So mm-hmm. for them, it's it's not really a question of unions right now, but it's now the establishment of work-owned enterprises. So mm-hmm. they're, they're taking... They're uh, hitting the notch a bit up. Because Lenin himself, even Marx, was a bit, you know, uh, doubtful about the efficacy of labor unions. Mm-hmm. Uh so their argument is worker-owned enterprises. Sure. So that, that's, that's the way to redistribute the means of production. You actually give management to the workers. But yeah, that's a, that's a new form of socialism right now. So that's picking up speed in the West. And the Philippines, that's also a that project of mine trying to yeah. you know, cooperatives need to it. That's actually fascinating. So just to maybe summarize, you know, most people when they hear about Marxism or socialism, they immediately think actually communism or Stalinism, wherein, again, the stereotypical, mm. everything is centralized to the state. It's all very mm. tyrannical. You send you to the gulags, etc. But clearly, like because of the nuanced view of the world and mm. politics, you're able to create all these multiple forms of maybe economic management. You mentioned, of course, mm. cooperatives. Uh, to be clear, like cooperatives are work-owned um, enterprises would be their cooperatives. Mm. Uh, when you say work-owned enterprises, uh, workers actually determine the direction of. They're not only shareholders; they they mm-hmm. they, they, they make important decisions. Yes. Uh, one good example would be the Mondragon Federation mm-hmm. in Spain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in Spain. Uh, yes. It actually market survived. Market socialism. Yeah, market mm-hmm. socialism. <laughs> yeah. Heterodox. But uh, yeah. just an example for that one. In 2008, they survived the financial crisis mm-hmm. because the workers actually voted to lower working time and wages. Mm-hmm. So that's the workers actually taking care of each other, yeah. even at, at their own expense. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. That's interesting. Well, so instead of like communism, which claims that the party speaks and acts for the people, they actually really give power to the people. Yeah, to the workers. Yeah, but we, I don't know. I don't want to speak too much for this communists. Maybe we can have them defend themselves later on in another episode. <laughs> but socialism clearly has, at the very least, created new ways yeah. besides besides the state. So yeah. yeah, I do have one question though, and clearly this is one thing that it's in common with Marxist, socialist, communist. Like usually one of the scariest issues again would be mm. of course how do these people treat wealthy people the rich like do socialists necessarily hate the rich or <laughs> you know so i don't know maybe you can you guys talk about that you know uh yeah because clearly like communists they have violent thoughts about the the elites and the rich but what about socialists like what do you guys think about them you know <laughs> or like well, what should we do with the rich should we eat them oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Actually, when you when you ask that question, the first thing that came to my mind was the Aerosmith song, "Eat the Rich." Oh. Uh, <laughs> Aerosmith, uh, yeah. 
it's it's actually a tricky part. I I I, I think and 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 in my case, who comes from from a very for family, uh, I I have my gripes uh, against the rich. That's why I need to also remind myself that at the end of the day, they're also people. Okay. And they're also people, and uh, in a way, they're also victims of the the system that we that we are that we are immersed in uh, you know parang one of the insights that i got from reading interpretations of hegel uh, not hegel itself i have not gone beyond the preface of his phenomenology oh neither of us <laughs> i haven't even opened it but it's right there insights ko ay parang yung the yung the master slave relationship that uh, because the master treats the slave as a non as a non human the master feels his superiority but at the end of the day the master feels that there's something missing because he's not tra- treated as a human being why because the slave that he treats as a non human cannot treat him as a human being Mm-hmm. So I, I think we need to in a way parang that that insight from Hegel should also inform our ethical stance. Uh, mm-hmm. na, na, yes, we have a certain bias. Sabi ni Robert Cox, uh, a theory is always for something and someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, we uh, the socialist theory is for someone and that is the that is the oppressed. But at mm-hmm. the same time, that doesn't mean that it should be exclusionary. That because you're rich, you're automatically an enemy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that should not be the, the case. Uh, we should still be guided by certain degrees of humanism. And, and, and the young Marx was started out as 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 a humanist. The mm-hmm. uh, economic and philosophical manuscripts of 1844. It's it's not only an economic analysis. It's also a I'd like to think as a as uh, as a textbook textbook on mm-hmm. on ethics. Uh, how do you treat uh, other people? Uh, hmm. and that's the reason why I, I love the the movie El Postino. Uh, because in that movie, uh, it, it's a movie about it's, it's it's a fictional account of uh, of Pablo Neruda's exile in Italy. He was never really exiled in Italy, but it's a fictional account. And then in in that movie, uh, because he was a communist exile, everybody everybody wanted to did not want to do anything about Pablo Neruda except the postman hmm. named Mario Lupolo. And he wanted to be befriend Pablo Neruda because he knew that Pablo Neruda wrote love poems. Huh. And he thought that the only way he could get the sweet yes of Beatrice <laughs> if he could write his own love poems. So he, he practically begged Pablo Neruda <laughs> to actually teach him how to write love poems. Mm. But in the process, he that's how he became a, a communist and became a member of the Italian Communist Party. Huh. Not because he was ideologically con- convinced from the get-go, but because Pablo Neruda was the only guy in the community that treated him as a human being. Hmm. He was not a poor uh, postino, poor, poor postman from the edge of the village, but he hmm. was a human being like him. Hmm. A, the great Pablo Neruda, although he was an exile, was, hmm. was renowned, but yet he, con- he, he, he looked at Mario Lopulo as his equal and i think it's 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 a that should be the ethics of any socialist huh. we are it's 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 a it's a true it's a it's a movement based on on equality then we should treat everyone with the same degree with the equal degree of respect and dignity hmm. and that yeah that, that that is a very you know that's a very tricky thing but when you do it it's i say uh 
again Marx wanted to eliminate classes but not people <laughs> so here yeah. you know, you know, so the end yes. of classes doesn't mean that it's the end of human beings yeah. and that's usually brushed aside you know when you're facing massive state power when you're facing a militarized regime they, they would brush aside humanity yeah. but uh, end of the day it's you know end of the day it's the elimination of classes but not people because even yeah. capitalists Marx himself knows that capitalism is not the rule of capitalists it's the rule of capital, which is the this 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 logic that drives people. Even capitalists are bound by it. Yeah. So, yeah, but I then again, with, you, yeah. with that borge, na yeah. the elimination of classes, not the elimination of people. Unfortunately, uh, yeah, the, the early Soviet experiment failed to distinguish the two. Yeah. The reason why in the early in, during the Stalinist regime, they considered uh, the former members of the bourgeoisie <clears throat> as former people. That's oh. the that's the you that's the term that they mm. that they use. So, parang it's almost equivalent to the you to the no untermens of the Nazis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the 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 subhumans, the, mm. the subhuman, the yeah. untermens for the Nazis yes. and the former people for the for 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 the Soviet yes. communists. Yeah, ma, yeah, yeah. It's vulnerable to intolerance as well. You know. Oh yeah. You know, you know, tricky point, Jenny. I mean, yeah. come on. If if we would start shooting, it's humanist approach to you know to resistance is very difficult especially since you're facing people who don't consider other people as you know as yes. humans as well so it's very difficult Actually, it's, this is a new uh, dimension for me i thank you for saying yeah. that you know because most of the leftists i know tend to be more rabid you know and anti-rich eat the rich etc but that is i, I wouldn't blame itself. them yeah okay well, i wouldn't blame them they can't be shitty yeah but understand yeah Given my own experience, I came from that. I, yes. I, 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 I came from that framework. Parang it's it's totally understandable. Yes. So but, in, in a way, you should also be be careful of you know your your self self reflection and self criticism should yes. also be. Yeah. 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 You, you don't turn into your oppressor. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to be the master that you want to slay. Yeah, I, I do. I do like what you said, saying that you're in a way the revolution also liberates the capitalists from their own, mm. how you say, yeah. their own roles in oppressing because even they themselves might be oppressed by being oppressors. I mean, if, mm. Like their own conscious consciences could be yeah. bothered by it. So yeah, their but, own but humanity. That, yeah, yeah but, that, but I think that that's back. yeah that that's hinged on on a positive assumption on human nature. In the, uh-huh. the, I think that's the rub of it. If you have a positive mm-hmm. assumption on human nature, then yeah, I think you can look at capitalism as a human being that is also oppressed by the system to an extent. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, if you're a capitalist, you, you cannot consume everything you create. You, you, you can look at the stockbrokers of Wall Street. They, they're the mm-hmm. ones vulnerable. They have so much wealth, but they, they would waste their own bodies on drugs and you know just to compensate yeah. for but uh, it, it depends if you have a positive assumption in human nature, which I right. think which I think Marx to an extent had. <laughs> <laughs> to an extent, yeah. To an extent, because that what, that's what makes him a humanist. Hinatak naman din ng mga the Frankfurt School actually lifted mm-hmm. that up mm-hmm. out of Marx. Ah, ah. But may side din ni Marx who has yeah. a more negative yeah, assumption think, in human nature. <laughs> but again, I think the stereotypes for those outside looking in, you know, that mm-hmm. that's what what they're, what in a way they see communists and socialists is it's usually held by people who are resentful of the successful, you know, mm. and that's why yeah. that, yeah. 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 W- any reaction to that? Because I think that's one of the marketing pitfalls of socialism yeah. and capitalism. Like once you're successful, oh, they take away, tax it and give it to the poor, etc. But is it necessarily true or like, uh, what, what do you have to react to that? I, I, I would answer that from a, from, from a personal vantage point. I, I don't want to become mm. rich. 
but I do want to achieve a certain degree of middle class comfort. Okay. In the sense that, uh, obviously, I'm a nerd. No? So, parang, <laughs> I, I just want to make sure nerds. that I have enough. <laughs> yeah, <we're not. laughs> so, I just have enough to buy my favorite comic book, my favorite graphic novel, mm-hmm. my favorite books, my favorite CDs. Mm-hmm. Or go to the cinema every once in a while. Or go to a, go to an go to go to a museum to mm-hmm. to to appreciate the the good things in life mm-hmm. i have no intention of owning the means of production exchange oh. <laughs> okay yeah okay parang ano anong gagawin ko dun sa perang yon i i just want to live a life of dignity in a certain degree of of comfort okay. mm-hmm. and i i think that that is the the the, the socialist goal it doesn't mm-hmm. want to to eliminate uh the the, the ruling class physically <clears throat> and turn mm-hmm. them into former people. Uh, but it wants to ensure that everyone has a certain degree of comfort that they, that they can actually live, live dignified lives. Yeah. Now, if you want to go beyond that, as long as wala kang natatapakan, I don't think any one of us mm-hmm. has any right to impose our will on other mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Parang, in a way, tama yung mga liberals, especially si, ano, si John Stuart Mill, when he Stuart said Stuart that, uh, that liberty means... When you stretch your hand, it doesn't touch the tip of my nose. Okay. So in a way, I I I agree with that liberals with that that aspect of liberalism. Mm-hmm. So it's it's basically just you know giving people the horizon that as you have said mm-hmm. earlier on. So, because mm-hmm. if 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 you're impoverished, you would live on a day to day basis. So, mm-hmm. uh, socialism looks at you know providing them with a broader. Giving them access to a greater world, basically. Yes. You know, wow. In terms of time and space, that, that they would have mm-hmm. more free time, mm-hmm. they would have more space. And then I think that's another Robin Marx, yung, the notion of time. So mm-hmm. there's also arguments right now that the future of you know communism is not about people working in a factory and having mm-hmm. quotas. It's about uh-huh. them, and we have technology available. Yeah. We, we we have already advanced technology to an extent that we we can actually make workers do minimal time in the factory while enjoying the same mm-hmm. benefits so they would have yes. more time to themselves so uh, so yeah gosh I, i have to remind myself that also socialism and marxism as a source of like very romantic you know um yeah, meron, literature yeah. and poetry <laughs> like Renaudo my goodness I, i i i forgot he was a marxist as well i mean so, marx would cite dante the the, the, the uh-huh. temporary authors yeah. he's And then, uh, Marx has a ruthless, realist side, and as well yeah. as a very humanist and romantic side. Yeah. Very complex and people. That, and that makes Marx interesting because he's, yeah. he, apop, he uh, appreciates poetry, but you know, parang, he could be badass if he wants to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, very interesting discussion on Marx and all the different manifestations and concepts. Uh, but let's now maybe move this discussion to the Philippines. Now, of course, mm. you know, Marxism, socialism, they're very European concepts. Now, perhaps to the best of your knowledge, maybe tell us uh, how did it get here in the Philippines and how is it okay. different from all the other socialisms, Marxisms, etc.? Yeah, in the Philippines now. Well, uh, Because socialism is uh, it's a product of the Enlightenment. So because yes. it's a product of the Enlightenment, it has this, uh, due to the lack of a better term, I would say universalistic pretensions. Okay. <laughs> because it has universalistic pretensions, you can actually lift some of its aspects and transplant it to the, to the Philippines. But of course, mm. given our context, it, 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 there would be variations uh, mm-hmm. along the way. But, but socialism in the Philippines has a very long and proud tradition. Uh, mm-hmm. It's If I'm not mistaken, it's socialism in the Philippines. You can actually you can actually date it. 
no? mm-hmm. 120 years. And it began with the formation oh. of the Union Obrero Democratica in mm-hmm. 1902. So that was the first trade union in the Philippines, and the, the founder of OOD uh, uh, was was also the founder of the Aglipay Church. Oh wow! Si Oh, Gregory Aglipay palang founder ng. Gregory Aglipay actually helped in the formation mm. of uh, of uh, OOD. Pero si ano si Isabelo si Isabelo de los Reyes si Don Belo ang first sectgen ng Uod. Uh, so, Uod was also the first organization that uh, celebrated uh, May Day, Labor Day mm. in, in the Philippines. So they had uh, uh, mobilization in front of Malacanang in, in, in Minjola. You can actually say that the the protest action of Uod was actually the first mm. documented protest action in Minjola uh, in, <laughs> in, in, in 1902. So, you have uh, uh, 120 years of Uh, of uh, of uh, of uh, socialism uh, in, in 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 the Philippines, and the formation of Uod was because of two things. Uh, of uh, of course, we can we can uh, we can debate on this. But one one is that uh, it reflects the integration of the Philippine economy into the global capitalist market. That's one, uh, and that 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 began even before with with uh, with 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 the. Uh, With the opening of the, of the Suez Canal, uh, and second was that Uod actually in, uh, inherited some of the uh, revolutionary energy, the the political momentum that was created by by the Katipunan. Don Belo, Belo de los Reyes was you know uh, was involved in in the revolution. Uh, Gregorio Aglipay was uh, was the spiritual yeah. advisor of. Uh, Of, of, of Kapitan Myong, uh, Emilio Aguinaldo. So they were actually part of the revolution and they actually inherited the, 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 the labor unions, inherited that, that energy. That's the reason why the first labor unions in the Philippines were not only anti-capitalist, they were also anti-colonial. Mm. Uh, so in, in the early part of the labor movement in the Philippines, uh, they were not only uh, calling for, for the over-capitalism, they were also calling for the uh, immediate independence so so you have a long and proud uh, tradition in, in the philippines however given that long and proud tradition uh, it is and, and becoming very self critical here i think it is highly, highly unlikely that, that the socialist movement will will gain power anytime soon okay so i'm i'm, I'm in a way i'm being glancing about it optimism of the mind uh, sorry Uh, pessimism of the mind, optimism of the will. Uh, mm. So I, I'm, I'm hoping against hope that, we, that the socialists would gain power, but uh, mm. given the evidence before me, uh, I don't think that's likely in the immediate future. And mm. I think uh, the reason for that is uh, is three things. It's structural, it's historical, it's also political. The structural structural because you only, only 5% of your 2018, mm. you had... 46 million workers, only 1.5 million were actually unionized. And most of the unions that you, you have are company unions. I'll give you a concrete example. My brother-in-law works for a transportation company, for a bus company. Okay. And every year they would vote for their unions. And, and, uh, and the union that we have, that they have there in, the, in their bus company It's a company union. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so whatever the, the owner says, the responsibility of the union to, to implement it and keep their workers in line. And, mm-hmm. you know, the real socialist unions in the Philippines are, you know, would have to fight for that 5%. So that's the structural part. Then mm-hmm. the, the, the historical part is that uh, 
from 1946 until 1998, mm. the socialists did not contest elections. Mm-hmm. So mm. the early the early communist party and the early socialist party uh, in Pampanga contested elections. So you had actually councillors in Manila uh, from the socialist and the communist ticket getting elected into office. Mm-hmm. You had mayors in Pampanga uh, getting elected in, into, into office. Pedro Abad Santos, the founder of the Partido Socialista in the Philippines, mm-hmm. almost became governor of uh, Pampanga. Uh-huh. Uh, then you also have Lopica Santos, mm-hmm. uh, yung nagsulat ng, ano, ng bararilang, bararilang Tagalog. The, mm-hmm. yung, uh, in a way, the, the real amang ng, ng, ng wikang pambansa. Okay. Uh, was a, considered himself as a socialist and he became a governor of uh, he was a long time governor of Rizal but from 1946 until 1998 mm-hmm. there was this conscious attempt by by the left in the Philippines particularly the revolutionary left to to stay away from elections so for the for a very long time mm-hmm. the slogan of the communist party was revolution in the election because they considered elections as a bourgeois sham. Uh, unfortunately, it became a self-fulfilling prophecy because for because for five decades the left did not contest elections. You mm-hmm. practically gave the field to the elites, so the mm-hmm. elites were able to create a system, an electoral system that would perpetuate their interests. Of course, you have competition among the elites, so uh, that's the reason why. Alimbawa, dati ang dominant clan. Sa Pasig uh, before the 1980s was the were the Karun were the Karunchos. Eventually, napalitan sila ng mga Eusebio. So in, in a way, it's uh, the graveyard of mm. elites. Mm. But it's you know it's the system is designed in such a way that the competition would be among elites and not non-elites because okay. you know the the, the socialists uh, actually box themselves out. Uh-huh. It's only <laughs> now that actually the the, the 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 socialist movement or the socialist movements mm-hmm. plural. Are contesting elections in a in, in with a certain degree of earnestness and sophistication, and then the, the third part would be political. Uh, the socialist movement in the, in the Philippines is deeply divided. That's why I said socialist movements plural. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, because of history, structural, historical, and political. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ano lang, uh, just just to okay before I ask about. Who or just an overview of the movements before I ask about sino sino bang laman ng ano? What's what are the advocacies that are binding them together right now? What are the primary advocacies binding all this? Before before you provide the overview, what brings them apart? What brings them together? Yeah. Well, what brings them together? Ah. Muna bago yung away away nila. Yeah, I like how you describe it in the in the third person. Away away nila. Well, well, to be fair to to at least to the labor. Labor movements. Parang dati matindi ang awayan at bangayan ng mga labor movements. Even though the, most of them are, are Marxist in varying, in, in varying degrees. But during the, 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 the midpoint of the uh, Aquino administration, the second Aquino administration, Pinoy, uh, yung mga labor centers actually were uh, actually had a fair degree of consensus that they were actually born a this confederation called uh, Nagkaisa. So you, you mm-hmm. have there yung um, Kilusang Ngayo Uno, you had uh, Alliance of Progressive Labor, you, mm-hmm. San La- you, had, uh, San, you have San Lakas, and you even have the UCP. So mm-hmm. ang, ang, ang binding sa kanila is the, is the campaign uh, against contractualization, against ending. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's very binding. 
ngayon natagdagan pa ng ng anti na tigilan yung yung red baiting mm. that's that's two at at syempre uh, because of the you know the political context the the campaign for human rights is becoming a very big issue among among the among the labor, among the labor unions mm-hmm. uh, in, in the Philippines the left also agrees on the need for agrarian reform uh, mm. the debate is what kind of model will you be using so mm. for instance uh, at nakita mo to in 2008 in the carper debate so mm. the, the 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 national democrats slash maoist segment of mm-hmm. the left were arguing for dapat confiscatory yung model uh, you mm-hmm. use the state the power of the state to, to confiscate lands above uh, five hectares and give mm-hmm. it freely to to the actual tillers in 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 other groups such as akbayan would would argue na dapat hindi, hindi dapat confiscatory kundi compensatory dapat mm-hmm. uh, the state should mobilize its power of eminent domain so yan yung mga uh, debate so parang they agree in principle <laughs> They don't agree on how the operation is <laughs> that ideal. Ina naman. Okay. Well, ano pa yung ibang advocacies na... So, so yun, so, uh, endo, human rights, agrarian, uh, agrarian reform. reform. Uh, and one of, one of the most binding, I, I think, and mm. the, everybody agrees on this, is the is to create a law that would ban, ban political dynasties. Mm-hmm. Again, that's connected to, to, to the fact that it's only now that the left is actually contesting electoral, uh, electoral, electoral politics. Mm. As long as you... You have the dominant dynasties in in, in 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 the Philippines. It would really be difficult for the left to be the ruling party. Mm, okay. Yeah, regarding the agrarian reform, I actually did some studies on agrarian reform. Again, the current law right now is a bug shape. On one hand, on the other, nakakalimutan ng mga tao that uh, carp is not only about redistributing land; it's also about converting. So that the, the trick is. Mm. Yeah. Uh, that that's ane, that they redistribute land in such a way that it would be vulnerable to be converted. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there's support system supposedly. So that's the sa agrarian reform in the Philippines. Because oh, uh, so, the mandate mm. ng, ng, ng DAR, ng Department of Agrarian Reform, mm. is also support services. Unfortunately, that's what I always forget. There are many agrarian reform communities, ARCs, mm. eventually uh, the the farmers in these ARCs are forced to sell their lands yeah. to agribusiness kasi nga, uh, yeah. wala ka namang support service. Then you don't yeah. have any farm-to-market road. So parang, yeah. uh, you have your own piece of land, uh, three, four hectares, but you don't uh, have access to the market. <laughs> so yeah, then. yeah, yeah. And then, You'll uh, just sell it. Yeah. At saka niyan, uh, responsibility just, uh, to, the, to our listeners who are, you know, curious about the grand reform, responsibility rin ng, not only the local government, but also in local offices ng ano, DAR regarding mm-hmm. uh kasi if if you got land uh kailangan may ano yan may kailangan you need to apply for uh, fencing so kailangan i-measure yan na maayos kailangan may proper mm-hmm. irrigation in order for it to be classified as arable land eh mahal ang mm-hmm. irrigation ma eh, eh, kung walang support services yung mismong magsasakang maggagastos kasi nga hindi mo nila kaya ang ginagawa ng LGU nire-reclassify kasi wala na, wala namang irrigation wala namang fencing i-reclassify na commercial kaya tiba-tiba si Aling Cynthia oh wow <laughs> kasi again, that's, how, that's how it works they, they, they just don't grab it from the farmers they mm. let LGUs convert it reclassify it then they would get it so ganun ang land grabbing <laughs> yeah, that's that's carp so, yeah. um, and, uh, so I think we got the layout of just just to sum it up you might the competing side so you have the natems yes. national democrats 
you also have the social democrats which you are part of yeah so, wait just to be yeah. clear like who are the socialists and of course maybe it's good to for our listeners here who might not be familiar the distinctions between you uh, the socialists communists npa you know <laughs> yeah. yeah and then maybe and of course maybe people, most people will say when they say the left na makabayan block are they necessarily socialists or are they more communist like what because i'm okay. even i get confused sometimes so perhaps yeah. like yeah what, what's okay, the place uh, in the whole scheme yeah. of the left yeah okay uh but biglang na paisip to na at least the left in the philippines okay so you have okay uh you have the uh, I'm, I'm creating a conceptual map uh, yeah, board. Sure. Yeah, okay, okay. Give me some time. Yeah, okay. May, uh, yung unang pag-aaway. Eh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tama. Well, well, syempre, the most dominant in uh, faction of the left will be the National Democrats. Mm-hmm. And they have been the most dominant uh, from the Marcos era until, probably, yeah, until, un, 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 until today. So, mm-hmm. the, the, their main competitors in the left during the Marcos era would be the, the social uh, would be the social democrats. Now let's let's so you have the not dems and then you have the soft dems. Okay, so first let's look at the not dems. So uh, national democracy, bagat national democracy, because ang sabi nila, uh, the aim of of their movement is uh, anti colonial, so not, that's the national part, and anti feudal, so that's the democratic part, because they assume that majority of Filipinos are are, are farmers and peasants. Uh, so uh, the national democratic movement emerged in a way as a as a movement of two realms. Mm. You have the legal, and then you have the the underground movement. So mm. the underground movement would be the the Communist Party of the Philippines. So that's the you know that's that's the vanguard party, and then it has its armed unit, the New People's Army, and then it has its uh, political arm, meaning. How do you reach out to non-communist? Mm-hmm. That's the na- National Democratic Front, but it's still an underground organization. Now you also have National Democratic organizations that operates in the legal realm. That's where the Makabayan mm-hmm. block uh, comes in. Now is Makabayan a front organization of the CPP? Uh, that's an interesting question. Uh, mm-hmm. I would assume that they have ideological connections. And they would probably have political connections. But does the CPP command the Makabayan bloc? I don't think so. Yeah. I think the CPP would assert its, its, its ideological dominance. And because, you know, because we are the vanguard party, you should follow the, our party line. But I think there's also that, that dynamics within uh, the national democratic uh, bloc. So that's one. And then in 1991, the underground the underground of the national Democ- the democrats split into two the 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 reaffirmists and the rejectionists rsrj mm-hmm. so the reaffirmists reaffirmed the leadership of joma sison and the rejectionists obviously rejected the leadership of joma sison so uh, and then by 1993 two years thereafter nas nas nakaroon din ng split <coughs> along those lines yung 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 legal so the the split led to rj organizations such as San Lakas, hmm. uh, uh, Siglo ng Paglaya, Siglaya, and then in San Lakas, for instance, uh, though, you have le- legal RJs and then you have underground RJs. <laughs> Because they, say they, follow, they follow the term Leninist 
party model mm. na uh, you know that the oh. communist party is an underground party kasi nga it's kulisong lihim siya it operates in in uh, as an underground as a revolutionary underground mm. uh, organization so you have RJs that believes that you should still pursue in, insurrectionary the insurrectionary cause and there are those who believe that you know you should maximize the democratic space that was created in 1986 without mm. all of Marcos, then you have the social democrats, which is even more complex. So <laughs> you have PDSP, Norberto mm. Gonzalez is running for, for the presidency. Uh, but alimbawa, yung mga fellow social democrats from Pandayan, like Lisa Honteberos would, would claim that Norberto Gonzalez that really socked him is actually uh, CIA. <laughs> 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 he's really anti-communist. So, mm. arang, arang, he's not really a socialist really he's really anti uh, anti communist so, oh there are also debates within with within 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 the social democrats so you have you have kasapi you have uh you, you have pandayan uh, you have pdsp hmm. mas marami sila uh, and then interestingly then you also have akbayan which is akbayan hmm. is a emerge as a coalition party of segments from the RJs and segments from the mm-hmm. from from the social democrats so mm-hmm. that's that's the map that okay. i could give it's yeah. still complex but you know Pero that's pay. the most simplified that i could give you yes yan pa that's the mainstream meron pa mga anarcho syndicalist na oh gosh nag-aaway rin they actually had oh. this they, they, they had this they, there's a recent split mm-hmm. i'm actually yeah. part of the dinoksan ng mga malaysia Oh, so, political reveal ni Borge nito. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, thank you for like summarizing that. Although yeah. we'll try to put it in <laughs> visual form, but you know, um, maybe it'll be good to ask this question. I mean, clearly, uh, there are a lot of people a part of it because there are so mm. many uh, branches and all that. They're still we notice <clears> them whenever they are. So clearly, uh, maybe you could answer these two questions together. You know, first of all, uh, why does the Philippines need socialism? Clearly, I mean, because of the experience of poverty, maybe you talk, but of course, why aren't there, why aren't more people like socialists, you know? Uh, why is it, what are the challenges and limitations that the uh, socialism has in Philippine context? You know, because again, there's, as you know, you know, there are a lot of people who actually hate anything that is Marxist, socialist, and communist. Like it's a sheer, Sal- like Kaita si, galit na galit, eh. si, si Arcelia during the Lenny rally his speech actually said that we're not communists and he did not endorse hindi hindi niya endorse si Neri Colmenares so what can you say about that yeah. like, why do we need it and why <clears throat> aren't more Filipinos socialists that's a yeah it's a very big question but what do you think well my immediate answer would be you, you need socialism because it's the reasonable response to the problem of inequality in the philippines okay and and uh, and the inequality in the philippines is it's not a mental construct it's mm. it's, it's it's real Alibaba, the two of you are both teaching in lasal you know, mm. lasal is uh, you, is you know is university uh, the, the student population are you know largely well off mm. yeah yeah but salikod no but when you go to william hall Mm-hmm. Sa likod nun, you have the Liberisa Gate. And when yeah. you go outside the Liberisa Gate, immediately ang harap sa iyo uh, would be yung, 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 mm-hmm. commun- yung urban poor community ng yes. Liberisa. When I, when I was still uh, working in Lasal sa, sa Lasal Institute of Governance, minsan doon ako lalabas mm-hmm. uh, para sumakay <laughs> ng, 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 ng jeep papuntang Cubao. And mm-hmm. paglabas ko doon, immediately ando na. Minsan nag-basketball pa, sa, pa sila. So mag-excuse mm-hmm. ako. Kaya minsan... 
I would actually ask them to, pwede ba makilaro? Kahit isang, <laughs> isang, isang layaman lang. So, you have this very beautiful university mm-hmm. and beside that, just outside the mall, immediately outside the mall, you have mm-hmm. an, an, an open poor uh, community. Mm-hmm. Malacanang is the beating heart of, uh, of Philippine politics. It's the beating heart of the, of the, of the Filipino ruling class. But Five kilometers from Malacanang, within the same city, Manila, you have uh, San Andres Bukid, where you have mm. a large concentration of uh, of urban poor. Uh, Makati, you have Dasmarinas Village, you have uh, Forbes Park, mm. and then you have West Rembo. Mm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the, the problem of inequality is in your face. And you need socialism <clears throat> as a reasonable response to fight inequality and even you know mainstream economists would agree that the problem of inequality in the Philippines is is immediate and, and depressing world bank data 2018 ang sabi ng world bank is that 20 the the, the, the richest 20% of your population got 49.2% of your of the national income hmm. while the poorest 20% of our population in that year only got uh 6.2 of the national income mm-hmm. so 49.2 against 6.2 uh so uh if that's not the gross inequality i don't know what that what's what that's called now ang madalas na marinig ko ay uh okay naman yan kaya lang mahirap tayong bansa mm-hmm. I, I would beg to disagree because I, even if you look at mainstream uh the data from from from, from the world bank from mainstream economies we're not considered as a low income country we're a middle income middle income country Mm-hmm. When you say middle income, for the sake of our uh, listeners, it means that a middle income country is that you are a country with a gross national income per capita, GNI, mm-hmm. of between uh, $1,000 to $12,000. In 2018, uh, sorry, in 2019, just before the pandemic, our GNI was uh, $10,000. Mm-hmm. Even in the midst of the pandemic, 2020, Bumabayon because for, for obvious reasons, bagsak ang, ang negosyo. But our GNI was still $9,000. So it's still within the upper realm of that uh, middle income range. So I would argue that uh, the Philippines has enough resources to uplift the lives of all Filipinos, provided that those re- resources are distributed fairly and, and equally. But th- that is not the case. Again, we'll, we'll go back to the World Bank data, 49.2 against 6.2%. That's the reason why I think that, so, that, uh, that socialism is needed in the Philippines. Now, on, on the question, I, why are not all Filipinos socialists? Well, one is because socialism has a bad reputation in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think the two of you partly answered that at the beginning of our podcast when, when you said that. Uh, in the popular imagination and the popular mind, but mm. as a socialist is, is automatically uh, a communist. And, and communism has, a, has a, an even bigger baggage mm. uh, than socialism. The gulags, the one-party state, the, the restriction of uh, uh, personal freedoms. So it's, it's, it's a baggage that the socialist movement would have to, would have to battle while it's actually pu- pushing for its ideals. Uh, so the, the situation of the socialist movement in the Philippines is very difficult. And then, unfortunately, it's be- it becomes more difficult because, you know, progressive intellectuals like Borge yeah. attack the socialist movement. <laughs> 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 
Kau kan bro kau mana? I tak ada girlfriend. Ada nama dia. Yeah, but you know, I I understand where where Borch is coming from. You know, I I also have my own complaints with the with with the socialist movement. You know, with with my party and the other parties. We can't seem to get our act our acts together. So I I understand where Borch is is coming from. But that being said. The socialist movement would have would have to face the reality of inequality in the Philippines, mm. while at the same time combating the perception that has served as a hindrance to mm. the further popularization uh, of socialism in Philippine society. Yeah, inang yeah, you know, just regarding just to elaborate on it, especially with the reputation of the left, and that and that is my contribution to the left. <laughs> the message that I'm trying to go is, you know, trying to directly. Confront this aversion to to socialism. Because you know, as, as as far as my you know my MA uh, thesis, uh, I interviewed chimney drivers. Uh, they actually agree with you know the demands of the likes of Piston, na pababai ng singil sa sa langis at saka yung pag-adjust ng presyo. They agree with many of the advocacies of you know chimney. Uh, Labor groups. The problem is they don't want to join because they see them as disunited. Uh, they're they're itching for that, you know, single banner for GP yeah, drivers. Uh, they're itching for that, and that's what I'm trying to. That, that's my contribution to the left. You know, just to make the the left, you know, realize that the problem you're facing is far bigger than what you think. It's it's yeah, not about it's not it's not about the lack of class consciousness. It's about having a class consciousness that is not in your favor, which is yeah, far yeah, worse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and again, that also explains why people don't unionize. So, mm. and alongside the baggage, which is another issue that I would like to, you know, the, I, I think I would like to express my disappointment right now with how the left dealt mm. with Caliodi's campaign. Okay. And I think that's my primary sticking point right now because the left, the Makabayan bloc, and the other leftist movements they had an opportunity to present a distinct labor front you know a distinct labor front at the national level and they didn't so joining lenny they had their reasons but yes. you know uh, at the long term long run you know as a strategic perspective of things mm-hmm. if they actually supported caliodi it would get stuck in the heads of voters that they yes. would expect another labor union leader in the yeah. next elections And if you establish that expectation of the left uniting under a labor union leader, then you can, you know, they, you can start forming a habit. Because mm-hmm. habitual sa mga Pilipino na ganito lang mga kandidato eh. But if they, if if you present something new, then that would make them think. And sadly, you know, they 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 didn't do that. Yeah. Okay. And and I'm watching Kakampings actually ha- having fun with Kaliodi whenever they see him. So yeah. That 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 rubs salt on the wound. That talagang it could have been. A move if if the left actually united under Caliodi, yeah. mm-hmm. they would they would not win. Mm. Caliodi will not win this election, but they would have set a precedent for the next elections. You know, yes. ane, you know, problem. They they my complaint with the left is the strategic, you know, perspective. Mm-hmm. Which I again I don't blame them because they're they're struggling with day to day poverty, day to day struggles of ordinary ordinary mm-hmm. Filipinos. Yeah, uh, again, made up that. And uh, it, for the first point of. Uh, Uh, Kiko here regarding socialism as the reasonable response to inequality. 
Ito yung sticking point ko sa mga Western liberals na nakausap ko. Ninja the Adam Smith. <laughs> yeah, okay. I had an Adam Smith fellowship when I was surrounded by free yeah. marketers. Yeah. And my sticking point is this. Liberalism could not equalize. You assume equality before the law. You assume equality in the free market, but you cannot equalize existing inequalities. Yeah. Uh, mm. And of course, my yung, some Indian friends, the third world people, <laughs> they're, the ones, they're the ones presenting that argument. Pero. But mm. yeah, so it is still reasonable. Mm. Wow. Personally, Matt, Matt, how do you think should we address inequality and poverty? <laughs> that is, a, no, honestly, that's a very complex question. And, you know, I just have to say, you know, I had... I have a past in socialism. I was part of a quote-unquote socialist student party. But again, for the same, in a way, for similar reasons, like in there's person in Ateneo. In Ateneo, yeah. yeah. But, I, but in the same ways, there's this uh, fascination or like you know, this penchant in the leftist movements for like purity of message. In other words, if you disagree with them, and I'm sure this you can observe this in oh. in many perf- like modern like real movements that they would you would. Ag- you would, if you disagree with them, you would be labeled as burgis. So before red tagging, uh, there yeah, is burgis yeah, tagging. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, it's like, well, no, I mean, I'm supposed to be part of the same side. We're just disagreeing a bit. And I think internally, that's one, that's one of the perhaps, well, all ideologies technically have the difficulties with that, but it is highly <laughs> observable, I think, in the left. So I'm, I just maybe yeah. want to ask maybe how is, is it, how can the left maybe address that or at least maybe in social among socialists? Because again, so presumably based on uh, Kiko's uh, explanation, you know, uh, socialists around the world are more or less are more reasonable and are more nuanced. So they should be more capable of being, again, uh, the a strategic nuanced left. You know, but that's not happening. So maybe I, I don't know. But uh, with regards to addressing that, I I, I suppose because I'm more close <clears throat> to the center, just to answer that question quickly. Um, because I, while I do believe that the, the workers and socialists should have its own voice, there are also I also have some agreements with again, uh, somewhat free market capital. Like in a way, I feel like. I, I'm more inclined towards leftist politics because anyway, it needs it, it's necessary for uh, maybe as an incubation period. But then eventually the ideal is more free market, less regulation and all that. So I, because I believe that once we have what's there's a healthy market, it will it doesn't need all these regulations. Again, that's that's me, you know. Okay. But okay. yun, yeah, I mean, that's an interesting it, point. Mm-hmm. Pero, so, pero okay, kana sa universal healthcare and oh, of course free education. Yeah. Actually, these perhaps these essentials are uh, again part of the socialist things that I do believe in to this day. Mm. You know, but at the same time, yeah. all other things it should be left. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Okay. So, sama kay ni Hayek. Hayek was actually labeled as a commie <laughs> by neoliberals. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and he advocated for you know free pension and education. <laughs> yeah. Road to but, serve them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and any any message <clears throat> that before we move to again the candidates this day uh, of this elections? Yeah. Uh, sorry, Matt, what's the question again? Sorry. So how should we address like that kind of infighting, you know, within leftist groups, maybe? Ang hirap ng tanong na yun. I think the, the conversation, the, the, there should always be a conversation. So I think the, the yeah. formation of the, the, the Kaisa Labor Coalition is a step in the in the mm. right direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. 
because prior to the formation of the Kaisa, you would you wouldn't see San Lakas and KMU in the same in the same rally because mm. of the history of the left because of the history <clears throat> of 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 the split. You wouldn't see see APL and the R and uh, KMU in the same on the same stage. Uh, but that that's no longer uh, the case. So the mm. Kaisa actually gives you a, a fairly good framework to build on. Mm. Uh, but the left is not only the labor movement. You have a large chunk of the left as the student movement and in in the uh, in the peasant movement. Mm. In the peasant movement, it's uh, those conversations. I think are still not happening. Mm. Okay. In the student movement, I, I think I would be nuanced a bit nuanced about it. I think there are certain conversations going on, uh, and I I I, I remember. Uh, in Cebu, the the divisions among uh, among the left, it's not. My impression is it's not a big issue. Every, I, whenever I meet a, a a comrade from Cebu who would go to Manila mm. to join a protest rally, I'm loving nila sinasabi ay nagugulis kami dito sa di kami sa inyo sa Manila kasi ang tindi ng factionalismo ninyo. Okay? <laughs> RJ RJRA swap them. Okay lang magsama sama kami sa isang huh. Rally, pero That's dito, I don't know why ganon ang Cebu, but they have a certain culture of doing things. Okay. Mm. Uh, so, I, so I wouldn't say that that uh, uh, it's hopeless, mm. but you have those you have those spaces. Yeah, yeah. I think ang kilangan din kasi ng gawin ng kaliwa ay uh, I think the, the problem with the left in terms of thinking is that uh, a lot of the left would still think that they are the way of the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. Unfortunately, I don't agree with that. I, I would say that we're the most uh, Russian reasonable response inequality. Mm-hmm. We're not necessarily the wave, and it doesn't mean that we're gonna win the revolution <coughs> in mm. the far off future. There's there's no certainty. There's no guarantee. Mm. Uh, history will not end. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it will just go on, and mm. the, the 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 and uh, society would evolve, and we that we would have to. To evolve with it, so we should have a certain degree of, uh, certain degree of humility. I think it's also part of how we are socialized into the in, into the movement. Because I remember when I first had when I was a student activist and I first had a discussion on on Marxism, mm-hmm. the opening line of every time that we would discuss Marxism, the opening line would be "Ang Marxismo ang pinakamaunlad na chorya na invento ng sang ng sangkatauhan." Oh. Uh, you know, uh, I think uh, people like uh, uh, Michel Foucault would uh, would disagree with that. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> so, we we should have that certain degree of humility, humility. Okay. and mm. that humility would also not own not only open conversations within the within the socialist movement among the socialist mm. factions, but it will also open conversations with other people, mm. whether they're ideological or not. Mm. Okay, and Mark. regarding yeah regarding conversations, uh, just. Basing on that, and I, I, I do second all of uh, Kiko's comment. At tama nga, uh, they should open up space for conversation. And I'm curious ako dun sa case ng Cebu. <laughs> Tsaka Cebu being a bit more peaceful and more mm. cohesive than uh, yeah. urban areas in Manila. Mas factionalist. But you know, uh, I think, kasi this is what I think has been lacking in the Philippine left. They should realize that politics is, at this point in our history, deeply political psychological. Okay. First and foremost, so it's a mastery of you know perception, mm-hmm. because people 
both people support people give their people give their lives based on perception and at this point the left doesn't have the has the short end of that stick so the mm. perception is not in their favor yeah, yeah. Uh, so they must realize first that this is a political psychological thing yes and in okay. line with that my suggestion for the left is to take you know bongbong marcos you know relatively monopolizing the discourse on unity to an oh. extent for many people mm-hmm. again lenny lenny's camp is trying to retake unity and isco uh, and isco pero bongbong he is he's dominating the damn thing even if he doesn't have any substance mm-hmm. but i think that should be a wake up call that unity is something imperative right now yeah that it's 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 a perceived need of many yeah so too bad too bad dipshit like Marcos was the first one to say the damn thing. Okay. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> I mean, those who like really get yeah. it and it resonates with, it really resonates them a lot. They're diehard like socialist, communist, etc. They're willing to die, like we said. But for those who don't, they really don't. So it's mixed message. So mm. maybe they have to get what works and then maybe get take out what doesn't. Simple as that, I, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. A very interesting discussion. But for now, let's move on to maybe uh, a second to the last like um, yeah. discussion, which is, of course, the uh, how would a socialist look at these uh, major political <laughs> well, presidential votes? And you've already, uh, the board already started with like Kalyodi. So, uh, Iko, what do you think about Kalyodi, who is at least the most explicitly uh, leftist candidate or socialist, you know. So, yeah, yeah, what would you say about his candidacy first? Before I answer that, I, because we're both socialists and Kalod is the only explicitly socialist uh, candidate in, in, in now running for, for, for the presidency, I think if I put on my socialist hat, I, you know what my mm. conclusions will be. Okay. <laughs> it's X, 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 and then one big check. Okay. So, what, what I will do is I would set aside my, 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 my socialist hat. And look at the candidates as if I'm just an ordinary, okay. average, reasonable citizen. Okay. Okay. Uh, Kaliodi. Now, well, I personally know no Kaliodi. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, of course, he's been in the bus. Parang dalawang beses ko siyang na, 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 nakasalubong habang nag-grocery ako sa shop ko sa Cubao. He's a very, he's a very nice guy. Uh, very, very approachable. I mean, his ethics is very socialist. Uh, okay. Very, very, very approachable. Very, uh, very, very humble. Pero, you know, he has that hint of working class machismo uh, okay. on him. Now, the mere fact that he knows that he doesn't have resources and he's not known outside of activist circles yet, he decided to run for the presidency. That says a lot about Kaliodi's character okay. and Kaliodi's integrity. Unfortunately, Kaliodi was not, apart from his own political party, mm, yes. Partido Laban ng Masa, he was not able to get <clears throat> the support of other segments, other factions of the left. Mm. including my own political party. Uh-huh. And I think that says a lot about his political party. Factionalism. Mm. Uh-huh. The, the, yeah, the, yeah. So I, so I think that's the, that's the tragedy of uh, Kaliodi. That being said, uh, I, I look at the, at the, at the glass half full. Uh, I don't think, 
I'm as cynical as as uh, as Borge. Uh-huh. Sa akin kasi parang the mere fact na mayroong kang labor leader na tumatakbo, mayroong you would shape the discourse one way or the other. Mm. And that would open the possibility for Caliote or other segments of the left to to fill candidates for the highest position of the land. Mm-hmm. And that could also It could, it could, but it's not inevitable. It could also, parang further widen those spaces for 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 conversation mm-hmm. uh, within the left, and you know, para arrive at a certain degree of of consensus, uh, and probably parang later on create create your own lula or create your own debate. Parang the 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 possibilities there. Ayang sabi ng mga anarchists, the future is unwritten, so the horizon is there. Okay. Uh, I just don't know how the le- so it uh, it's up to the left to maximize the horizon that Kaliodi has opened up. Mm. Okay. Wow. Okay. That's interesting. Uh, I don't know if I I'm allowed to ask, but I'm very curious now. Why do, do you think that he does that he didn't get the support of a lot of? Uh, uh, so I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. Kaliodi's faction is is can be described as vanguardist. Okay. So because it is vanguardist, it really creates tensions with other factions. Because okay. if you're a vanguardist and those are vanguardista, then there can only be one vanguard party. <laughs> okay. Okay. And then kung kausap mo ang kung vanguardista ka at ang kausap mo hindi vanguardista. Mm-hmm. Hindi rin kayo makaka magkaka mm-hmm. magkakauno, hindi rin kayo makakasundo. Mm-hmm. So I think parang it, it that's a point of reflection for for Kalio, not necessarily for Kalio but for Kalio this block within the ah, okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, but to be fair, there's a certain degree of discourse with within their community, with, okay. uh, within their faction. Mm-hmm. Kasi alam ba, ang isang innovation nila ay they have this concept of a multi-faction vanguard party. I see. And ang ang una ko unang ang una ko tong narinig kay 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 Kasani Melencio no na mm-hmm. uh, presidente ng PLM ang, mm-hmm. ang ang sabi niya ay uh, uh, because ang dami ng faction na na, 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 na nalikha ng split nung 1991 mm-hmm. hindi mo na sila pwedeng you know you cannot put them in but you can you can have a middle way and the middle way is to have a vanguard party mm-hmm. with several that that uh, we wherein you have several factions ang 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 sang possible mo ang sang iisip niya model would be uh would be pitay you when you, you have seven tendencies in inside <coughs> the party but unlike pitay it will be a vanguardist party and a vanguardist mm. and the, the, the vanguardist principle there, there's only one genuine communist party in any country uh-huh. so i think that's the that's the compromise na na naabot ng ng ng, ng faction ni Calor it's, it's a very interesting concept yeah it certainly is hindi hindi siya coalition But, hindi siya coalition hmm. pero you recognize na there will be debates yeah. within the party but the party pero pag nagdesisyon na, na, na yung, yung party you have to yeah. follow the party line but you do not destroy the factions hmm. within, within the party in fact you recognize them yeah. so that means you allow the factions to have their own newspapers hmm. to have okay. their own education uh, uh, programs but hmm. you, you follow the party line hmm. yeah that, that's, that's really good Yeah, it's Lenin's fault. It's an interesting yeah. innovation, sa akin. Yeah, uh, well, I can see the effort in trying to, you know, uh, 
to be as safe as possible to appreciate. It's very enlightening answer. Thank yeah. you for that. Um, let's move on to someone maybe a little less leftist. Clearly, um, next one is Pinglaxon. So, what do you okay. think about Pinglaxon's candidacy? I worked for for human rights for a very long time, so I want only I only have one statement on Ping. Lahanap na ba yung katawan ni Padre Rudy Romano? Oh my. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm sorry. Um, for our listeners, maybe who might not be familiar, who is this Father Rudy? Uh, Father Rudy was a was a priest, no? Okay. Uh, in 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 Cebu, uh, who disappeared in 1985, and he was very active in the anti-martial law struggle. Okay. Uh, at that time, Ping Senator Laxon was assigned in Cebu as part of the MISG. The Military Intelligence and Security Group. Basically, yung, yung intelligence gathering. Yung tao ni Ver. No, tao ni Ver. Uh, basically, the, yung intelligence unit ng, 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 ng AFP. Uh, he was the MISD chief in Cebu when the time that Father Rudy disappeared. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Thank so, you. yeah. <laughs> Um, next, I'm not saying that he's involved. Huh? Yeah, it's, it's more of a question mark. It's more of a question mark. Big question mark here. You heard it here, folks, in the podcast. Yeah. I did mark, not yeah. know that personally, actually. Thank you. Next, um, maybe a bit more interesting, we have the front runner, Bong Bong Marcos. Ah, yeah, like <laughs> actually. Oh, yeah. like Bong Bong. He's, the se- he's the country's second, second biggest son of a bitch. Oh, well. <laughs> which take note again for some people, like. He actually has his own labor union, labor network yeah. behind him. So, yeah. Yeah. what do you think about that? Well, it's I'm I'm not surprised because a large segment of the labor union during the Marcos era supported the Kilusambag Mulipunan. Oh, uh, why is that? Ah, uh, fascism. Well, in much, no. the same way, in much the same way that a lot of fascist movements yeah. were part, of the, a lot of labor movements were part of the fascist movements. I mean, yeah. uh yung 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 fascist model of the corporate state na mm-hmm. binoni Mussolini uh, 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 kasama doon yung mga labor unions in fact uh, sa corporate state ni Mussolini that the other fascists adopted like Franco uh, may may automatic uh, seats uh, seat allocation for 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 uh, labor unions so in, 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 and uh marami kasi sa mga labor unions ang may may, may developmentalist na pananaw marami yes. din sa kanila ang, ang, ang tingin ay as long as my interest as a worker is guaranteed, uh, who am I to complain? Mm, yeah. And, 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 and Ferdinand Marcos, the father, was able to, to in a way, galvanize those sentiments from, from certain segments of the labor union. And uh, because Bongbong Marcos' campaign is built on the bagong lipunan nostalgia, mm-hmm. you know, people from that Segment of the labor movement would would be would would, would hark on would, would would cling to that nostalgia. Mm-hmm. I personally didn't know that. That's interesting. And you'd think that the unions are leftist, but they can also be co-opted by. I would I would you say right in saying like right or fascist, you know, movements. I uh, yeah. It's just... I, I, I would I, I would say that <laughs> that labor unions are not automatically democratic. Mm. I see. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. That's the reason why Lenin and Marx shed doubts on labor mm. unions. Kaya nga, the, again, recent revivals of Marx work around enterprise dapat hindi labor mm. union. Anyway, okay. we're all Gramsci's right now watching labor unions join. 
non-democratic forces. Yeah. Okay. Next, uh, we have Isco Moreno, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Manila yeah. mayor. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? Interesting yeah. guy. Interesting <laughs> guy. Uh, I think Isco's campaign is turning out like his favorite dance tune of Timmy Thomas. It's oh. dying inside. Oh no. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he had a great start. The interesting start. Yeah, he had a, he had a great start. I mean, I considered voting for the guy. Mm. I considered him. Oh, why is that? I think he had he performance as Manila mayor. Start uh, that was a good start. Yes. Parang he was he's young. He projected in an era an, 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 a certain degree of progressivism. His okay. his hip. And then uh, I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> it just imploded like that. Yeah. And besides, I would. I, I mean, he's part of Action Democratico. My wife used to be part of that party, so oh. I have friends in his party. And okay. uh, I, 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 and I think the, you know, yung 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 mga kaibigan ko na sa Action are people are people of integrity, and they really love our country. Okay. So parang. Because they believe in his score, parang I would give the, the guy the benefit of the doubt. Okay. Uh, I just don't, don't know what happened. I think he should uh, <laughs> for another uh, uh, for another song. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it's organic. So what happened? Uh, <laughs> I think he just lost his cool. Like <laughs> yeah, nagpanik si Manong. Yeah. Uh-huh. Anything sayang, else? Sayang, uh, yeah. sayang. Borge, before we move on to another yeah. candidate, Scott. No, oh, it's fine. Okay. Ano lang right. bakit mo ko tinanong ni Scott? Well, defensive, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Now, anyway, okay. Next, uh, we have uh, one who is a bit uh, underestimated, but still um, making a good impression. Uh, Mali Pacquiao, you know. Mali Pacquiao. Chat. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, well, we were, were were both evangelical Christians. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I think the, the 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 tragedy of Manny Pacquiao. This could be a very controversial statement. The tragedy of Manny Pacquiao is that the guy is corrupt. Unfortunately, he doesn't know that oh. he's already corrupt. Well, I, I I'm not saying that Manny Pacquiao is stealing from from public coffers. But mm-hmm. when I say corruption, I'm using the World Bank definition of corruption as using your using public position or state position mm-hmm. for private gain. Okay. And this is evident, evident in how Manny Pacquiao conducts his politics. I mean, the guy has created one of the most powerful political clans in Sarangani, if not the entire South Sargent region. Yeah. In fact, they were so successful that now the Antonito, Antoninos, the former dominant political dynasty in Jensen, are no longer fielding any candidate. <laughs> oh, shit. Walang tatakbong Antonino ngayon. They have their own. They still have their own local political party, AIM, mm. uh, uh, Achievers with Integrity Movement. Pero mm. none of the Antino, uh, Antoninos are contesting the elections. That's how successful the, the Manny Pacquiao is mm. in destroying the Antonino, I would say destroying, neutralizing the Antonino clan. But in the process, he created his own clan. Nabawa, uh, yeah, yeah. Jinky Pacquiao became vice governor of Sarangani. Yeah, I and his, that. her greatest contribution was not attending any meetings. Oh, wow. okay. <laughs> and then his uh, brother uh, Ruel is now the deputy speaker of the house. Now he's oh. running for governor of, of uh, running, running for governor of Sarangani. Yung kapatid niya si uh, Bobby hmm. ay tum- ay kongresista din ngayon. Mm-hmm. Ari eleksyonista yung asawa ni Bobby si uh, ano pangalan ng asawa ni Bobby Pacquiao uh, mm-hmm. ay t- Lorelai ay tumatak mm-hmm. ay 
presidente ng liga ng mga barangay sa Jensen at tumatakbong ngayong mayo. Mm-hmm. So you have Manny, you have Jinky, mm-hmm. you have Ruel, you have Bobby, and then you have Lorelai. Mm-hmm. Ngayon, yung anak ni Manny Pacquiao, si Jumuel, ay uh, member ng Executive Council ng uh, Workers and Peasants Party, WPP. Really? Wow. No, he's not, he's not, he's not a party list nominee, but he's uh-huh. an officer of the party. So, you know, anything could happen. Uh, interestingly, I like the name of their party, WPP, para siyang wrestling. <laughs> wrestling <laughs> professionals of the Philippines. <laughs> Vince McMahon. <laughs> well, well, new, new, new info sa akin na kung gano'n pala kalaki yung Paklan. Okay. Paklan. Okay. <laughs> they're, 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 the, yeah. they're the biggest, ano, they're the biggest ka, ano, no. political dynasty now in Sarangani. That explains why he had made a very defensive answer when he was asked about political dynasties. Eh, binoto kami. Diba? Paano binoto ng mga tao? Pero to be fair kay Pacquiao, ang sabi niya ay, if Congress passes an anti-political dynasty bill, he would sign it. Okay. To be fair sa kanya. Mm-hmm. But since the Congress is dominated by political dynasties, that's not going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. If he becomes president. Uh-huh. Interestingly, maganda yung, maganda yung proposal ni Caliodi. Ang proposal ni Caliodi, I, I think it's a, more, a bit more realistic. Ang, ang proposal niya ay uh, to, in a way, sidestep Congress by pushing for a people's initiative on mm. the anti-dynasty bill. I think okay. it's uh, it's worth considering. Mm. Yeah. Yung ganang proposal ni Caliodi. Gosh, kunin si Aling Tunisia barangay captain or something. Hindi, <laughs> si Aling Tunisia ang godmother. Hindi na niya kilala ng posisyon. Ah, <laughs> siya oh. na yung... Ano. She's the matriarch. <laughs> siya na matriarch. <laughs> but I, I, I'm shocked actually, but thank you for informing. That's very... That's a lot for that's a lot, Pacquiao that's a side. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and okay, bago ka nagsasalatin sa next ano mo, book chapter mo. Book. Uh, oh, uh, we'll see. Well, and first, last one, at least for this one, um, we mm. have Vice President Lenny Robredo. Now, what do you think okay. about this? Uh, yeah. okay. Well, she's the most qualified in terms of experience. Okay. Also, in terms of advocacy, uh, I think may, may mga certain convergence points in terms of advocacy, mm-hmm. si Calodi at si, si Vice President uh, Robredo. Yung, mm. uh, against yung pagtutol sa, sa red tagging, against EJKs, against uh, human rights. yung uh, commitment na uh, if they win they're going to turn over the incumbent the outgoing president to the ICC so there's hmm. there are a lot of of uh, convergence points i think Lenny Robredo really is the uh, the darling of the of Filipino liberalism i'm not saying liberal party but <coughs> Filipino liberalism but okay. the, the it's a base Uh, mm-hmm. She's the most qualified. Uh, I mean, yung in 2021, yung kanyang budget lang sa OBP was only mm-hmm. 900 million pesos, wala pang isang billion. But mm-hmm. she had done a lot for, for I mean, she was able, yung ang lahat buhay niya, she was able to mobilize an additional uh, half a billion pesos uh, that benefited uh, more than 300,000 uh, poor communities. And yung additional half a billion na yon, came from the private sector and from uh, mm. foreign donors. Mabilidad yung ale. Mm. To, to be fair sa kanya, mabilidad. Uh, uh, and then, alam ba, ako, per, personally, yung pamilya namin was a beneficiary of that. Kasi nung last year, April, dapat uh, na yung kasagsagan ng, 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 ng surge. Inatake yung tatay ko ng TB. Mm. Bumalik yung, yung TB niya. Wala kaming makuhang ospital, puno lang ng ospital. wala rin kami makuhang uh, sasakyan para dalhin siya sa ospital. So, what we did, tumawag, uh, nag, 
nag-login kami sa uh, Bayanian e-consulta, less than an hour, may tumawag ng volunteer doctor. Nang sinabi mm. namin na uh, hindi po namin makontak yung personal doctor na tatay ko, uh, sila kumontak. So, uh, so in, in a way, uh, at the, I don't want to use this word, this word no? kasi it's too born again-ish. Pero mm. in a way, yun ang pagpapatuto ko doon na her program works. I think the tragedy of Leni Robedo is that even though she's the most qualified, your qualifications, even though you have the best qualification, doesn't mean that you would automatically, automatically win the elections. And the surveys uh, shows that. I'm not saying that she's going to lose, but it's an uphill battle. Uh, medyo malaki-laki yung, yung uh, habulin niya. Uh, this podcast is going to be... Uh, uh, It's going to be released on on on, May 1. on Labor Day May 1. Yeah. yeah. The following week election na. Mm-hmm. So parang do, do does she still have time to catch up? Medyo malaki-laki na from 24% then two two digit na natalon na, ng kailangan niyang uh, gawin. The odds are not in her favor. Yeah. So yun yung situation niya. That or the surveys are wrong. Which mm, hindi yeah. nang ko if Lenny wins social sciences would suffer <laughs> surveys would suffer but kasi uh, again I'm relatively up yung case of Grace po na hindi siya na-capture sa top 12 ng mm. surveys dati tapos last yeah. like top sa Senate so there may mm. be some you know but then again we'll, we'll never know I mean I mean we'll know after May 9 yeah yes. uh, we don't want to predict even hindi ako mo predict Oof, okay. And pay close. Well, I think that's last of the major candidates, quote unquote. But uh, maybe at least since we we mentioned it earlier, maybe we can remark on one more candidate, um, Dorbeta oh, yeah. Gonzalez. Uh, yeah. I don't limit you. No, I have said it before. He is the old version of me running for president. But again, you, <laughs> you seem to uh, mention something about it. Maybe last remark on that in his candidacy. Yeah. Uh, He's the socialist. Yeah. yeah. Interestingly. Uh, the left doesn't have good relations with PDSP. Okay. <laughs> Even the sock them segments of the left don't have good relations with, 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 with PDSP. Ang thinking nila sa PDSP ay they are democratic socialists in name, mm-hmm. but their charitable description of their party is that they're Christian Democrats. Christian That's charitable. Okay. That's charitable. Uh, oh, uh, minsan hindi pa beyond that pa yung description nila sa sa PDSP at uh, at para sa kanila parang his stint when he was the national security advisor of Gloria uh, approves that I mean uh, a lot of activists uh, you know got harassed during the time of of, uh, of GMA mm-hmm. under a an administration wherein supposedly you have a left leaning uh, national security advisor so mm. uh, So yon. Uh, in fact, when 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 you ask uh, fellow socialists and fellow uh, leftist activists, pag mo, kaliwa ba ang PDSP? They would say no. Uh, it's not for me to it's not for me to 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 confirm that or not. Uh, I think it's, it it would be an, uh, it would actually be a good idea to have a conversation with them. Parang how how do you say that you're Actually, the, the, the democratic socialists. I I also want to know where are they, where are, where where are they coming from? I think one of the lim- limitations in the literature is that here in the Philippines you have so much, uh, written literature on the national democratic movement. Mm. 
and its various permutations. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have uh, literature on Akbayan because in a way, Akbayan, a certain segment, certain segments of Akbayan came <coughs> from that tradition. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you don't, you you have very little literature on the social democrats in in in, in the Philippines, whether that's Pangayan or or PDSP. So I think that's a uh, a, a lacunae in in, in, mm-hmm. in the literature. I see. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, interesting stuff. Um, it's actually, this is a very surprisingly informative segment. So thank yeah. you for that. Now let's uh, tr- start to wrap up the podcast with the final question, which is, of course, your open message. <laughs> First to maybe fellow socialists that may be listening out there, or maybe someone yeah. who's already considering socialism, and another maybe is people who are maybe yet to be socialists or like non-socialists and maybe what do they get wrong maybe what they need to understand so maybe so for now uh your open message go i will be i will not be distinguishing between uh socialists and non-socialists okay i will be addressing this message to all to all filipinos uh, to all your listeners Mm. i i I think it's interesting to note that article 2 section 1 of the constitution states that uh state guarantees full citizenship for all filipinos it says that uh, sovereignty resides in the people and all government authority emanates from them. That the Tagalog translation is far better and more poetic. Ang soberenya, ang absolutong kapangyarihan ay nakalagak sa sambayanan at ang otoridad ng pamahalaan ay nagmumula sa kanila. Unfortunately, it's, it's very poetic. Unfortunately, those are dead letters of the Constitution because of the gross inequality in our country. Uh, for me, socialism is the attempt to fulfill the promise of the Constitution and to fulfill the promise of our nation. The, those words in the Constitution are, are not only rooted in the EDSA revolution, it's actually rooted in our earlier revolution of 1896. So, in a way, the revolution of 1896, the revolution that created our nation, is rooted in that principle that we are all equal. Unfortunately, the promise of the revolution has yet to be fulfilled. So, ang daming iterations non, uh, and, uh, the, ng promise ng, 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 ng revolution, all the way to the 1987 constitution, but that promise has yet to be fulfilled. That's the reason why socialism is there so that we can actually achieve that promise, that promise of the revolution, that promise of the nation. Now, uh, and the promise is we should have equal dignity and equal rights. We should have, we should enjoy the benefits of full citizenship, but unless the structures of inequality are there, that promise of the nation will never be fulfilled. Now, and this is my final point, Maraming mga nagsasabi na parang it's another pie in the sky. You know, the left is uh, has this tendency of uh, seeing donuts floating in uh, floating like clouds. Uh, I totally, I, I, I totally understand. Uh, but the left has done has achieved a lot of victories in 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 the in, in the in the course of our history. The left was part in of the anti-dictatorship struggle. Now we have that certain democratic space. Now, lumiliit ngayon because of the present administration. The left was part of the, 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 of the feminist movement. Uh, mm. Our first, first elections were in 1902. 
but the left, along with the early suffragettes, push for, for universal suffrage that women be also be given the right to vote, and which they got in 1937. Uh, in a way, Martin Luther King, parang, uh, the arc of the, un, uh, the, the moral arc of the universe is long, but it bends towards justice. At ako, parang, I always find you know, inspiration and refuge don't support ni Arundhati Roy when she said, another world is not only possible. She's on her way. And in a quiet night like this, I can actually hear her breathing. Maraming salamat magandang gabi po. Wow. It's beautiful. I'm tearing up a bit. My good. Thank That's you so, so much. Yeah. Maraming maraming salamat, Kiko. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Bort, would you like to say uh, concluding notes on this episode ah, yeah, yeah. on socialism? Uh, yeah. Again, maraming salamat, Kiko, for this. This has been very informative. It's a it's a grand review of you know socialism in the Philippines as well, and I think we would have future episodes on the other, <laughs> the other children mm. of socialism. So, and then, but you know, uh, regarding the socialism in the Philippines, especially the left, I think I I, I can expose one of my hidden projects right now. So it's no longer hidden. Uh, one aspect of the left or this notion of what the revolution is, there's one missing piece, I think, and that is a grasp of pragmatism. And pragmatism is, is not only about being practical. It's not only about making things work. It's about experimentation. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a work on the American left. And the, the, the main argument of that, I forgot the book, but I would put in the references. The main argument of that work, why the American left failed, was that they actually excluded pragmatists. Uh, John Dewey, William James, mm-hmm. because especially John Dewey, who had very clear socialist tendencies in his yeah. writing because he's also Hegelian. Uh, so, Trotsky. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think for the Philippines, or for, for Philippine socialism, or for, for the left here, it's time to be a bit more pragmatic, you know, to be both, you know, having clear measurable goals, which is already being done, but, you know, to be also to be experimental, you know, to open yourselves up to <clears throat> experiments, to entertain uncertainty. Mm. I say, you know, if, if you're, if we're going to fight, we need to fight to win. <laughs> you know, when yeah. you know, fight until matapos, eh, we need to fight to win. And, you know, mm. and I think that's what's a bit missing or lacking. Right. I say, if you focus on the win, you you would do much more than what is being done now. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we would have more on socialism soon. <laughs> yeah, socialism and its brothers and sisters and comrades. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> okay. Yeah, the you gave a is, preview of that. The yeah. problem with socialism is when you put different socialists together in one room, they would just. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually, I honestly, this has been a very cathartic episode for me because I, I do have some empathies you know, and sympathies with leftist um, literature and leftist politics. Um, but of course, it most likely, like, it's because, again, of the rabid vanguardisms that I also have a problem with, whether it be in student parties or even in parties that similar to what Kiko has said, you know, they're not always the most sensible people. And But of course, uh, this conversation with the Kiko like reminds me that there are people who are deeply embedded in like humanism and mm-hmm. in nuance and reason. So I, I do appreciate for that reminder. And really, it's particular that his definition of this reasonable response to inequality. Uh, you know, uh, 
it's it, it is literally one half of my politics you know um put me anywhere else in another country i'd be mostly a uh, liberal you know i'd be mm-hmm. traditional i'd be christian you know more, more right of center but because i'm a filipino who lives in the philippines and embedded in it is the uh economic inequality it'll always be a part because you know I, again it is the one of the few things that actually confronts economic inequality so i do agree that uh it does parts of the solutions to our country would have a socialist flavor you know so and thank you for uh, for this episode both of you actually for reminding me of that so yeah okay. Uh, yeah okay that's gonna turn left no. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, anyway so let's move on to our final final part of our episode which is recommendations where us and the mm. guests would uh, recommend um, certain materials that would help Again, uh, supplement this discussion we had today. So, kung nabitin kayo, you can read or watch or listen to yeah. whatever. So, as the guest, uh, Kiko, what would you have to recommend for our listeners? Okay. Uh, kung non-fiction books, I would recommend three books. Mm. Siyempre, The Communist Manifesto. Parang, <laughs> yeah. It's basic. Yes. Yeah, tumatawa na si Ibord. So, parang, yeah. <laughs> And then, uh, I would also recommend Terry Eagleton's Why Marx Was Right. Mm-hmm. The good thing about it, that book, and the good thing about Terry Eagleton's writings is that he writes in a non-technical uh, manner. So he's a very good essayist. So parang, uh, Terry Eagleton is a kind of philosopher that you can actually read in the beach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I, I like that book. And, uh, and the third book would be Michael Harrington's Socialism, Past and Future. It was written in 1989. It was his last book. Uh, a few months after it was published, he died of cancer. Uh, it was pub- republished, reissued in 2012 at the height of the, at the beginning of the, you know, the socialist surge in the U.S. with, with, with Bernie Sanders. Mm. So it talks about the, the, the crisis of the left at the time the Soviet Union was falling from a democratic socialist perspective and a, a, a reaffirmation in, in his own words that socialism is still the hope uh, of, a, of freedom and justice in the world. For a non-fiction, uh, I would read, if you're a science fiction geek, I would recommend uh, Ursula Le Guin's uh, uh, The Dispossessed. So it's a, mm-hmm. the setting is, it's, a, it's about a, a scientist uh, that traverses two, literally two worlds, mm-hmm. uh, Uras and Anaris. Anaris is, the, is a moon wherein, the, wherein uh, the community practices anarchism and Uras is uh, the planet wherein It's a patriarchal and capitalistic. For movies, uh, I would recommend the documentary Marx Reloaded. It's mm-hmm. interesting mm-hmm. because it, it's an interview of, it's a combination of interviews. So they, they interviewed uh, uh, Antonio Negri, uh, Zlavoj Zizek, uh, the big contemporary Marxist philosophers, uh, uh, hard. Uh, and then at the same time, it's ju- juxtaposed with animation. This mm-hmm. Uh, imaginary conversation between uh, Marx and, and, and Trotsky yeah. in a the, the Matrix setting. Yes. Uh, the red pill or the blue pill. And then another movie that I would recommend is El Pustino. Mm, okay. The Italian film El Pustino. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, uh, Borj, anything you'd like uh, to yeah. recommend? Uh, I think I would recommend the three things for our listeners. Uh, again, <clears throat> Communist Manifesto better read it. Nalala ko tuloy mga estudyante ko. I had a, I, I had a Natdem student and I had the free marketer in the same class. 
I told the net them. Uh, I told the uh, I told the free marketer read read the economic philosophical manuscripts before you say anything mm-hmm. else. And I told the not them, and this is what I would like to recommend uh, would be the Fatal Conceit by Friedrich Hayek, mm-hmm. which I think pins down you know the the root of the earlier problem that we have been dealing with, which is this incapacity to tolerate other tendencies. Uh, the, but then again, the Fatal Conceit. Uh, the main argument is you really cannot plan an entire economy and it's the conceit of socialism to think that they can hence they can actually you know have the tendency to crush liberty just to make things fit but uh, i think that the, the, main, the main message of fatal conceit is again the in, the humility that you must have in, in facing the complexities of the world and of course facing you know different uh, it's basically, you know, just in, in basic intellectual humility, which <laughs> Hayek would like to emphasize. We cannot know shit. We cannot know everything. <laughs> and we must admit, and we must deal with that. We must move on through that. Indeed, uh, we cannot know everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next work that I would like to recommend, I think this is a very short work, and I think it's available online. I think there's a, there are PDFs on it. You can easily find this one. It's uh, Democracy at Work. A Cure for Capitalism by Richard D. Wolf. So Richard D. Wolf is one of the, you know, I, I would call him not heterodox Marxist uh, economist right now. And this is where his argument says that uh, if you want to pursue political democratization, you must democratize the economy. So you must, you know, the, the, the root of political democratization would always be, you know, to an extent, economic democracy. Uh, you work on the enterprises would be there labor unions, they can still exist, but the future would be with worker-owned enterprise. And, you know, curiously, regarding political democracy and economic democracy, not, not surprising, this is one of my disappointments with Paul Sy. We, we have been taught by people about, you know, polyarchy, Robert Dow. Mm. You know, we're familiar with polyarchy by Robert Dow. A lesser-known work was actually a preface to economic democracy by Robert Dow, wherein he actually presents that you cannot democratize politically if you cannot democratize the economy. Mm-hmm. So Paul Sai, profs just ignoring that is a bit of a disappointment na ngayon ko lang nakita. Out of so many years na kala ko dal is about polyarchy meron pala siya economic democracy work. But, but yeah, like, democracy at work by Richard Wolf. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last recommendation I have would be the movie uh, Trotz Aladam. It's a German movie. It's a German film. 1980, 1980s I think. Uh, wait, let me double. 1972. 1972. So, Trotz Aledem. It's available on YouTube. I can send the link. Uh, it's about the Spartacist uprising in Berlin. So, manifestation of in-left fighting because you have uh, you have the Marxist uh, Rosa Luxemburg and the Leibniz taking over Berlin and some other parts of Germany. And then you have Friedrich Ebert and the Social Democrats uh, taking, allying themselves with militarists to crush the uprising. So, so that led to the death of, of course, Rosa Luxemburg and Leibniz and many more. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Very interesting stuff. I think I'll read those too. Um, all right. Um, I'll also recommend three things. Wow, three is a magic number here. Yeah. Uh, so actually, these well, the first two are books, and I think these can be. Well, these are easy to access. They're still available in Shopee and National Bookstore, I think. Um, but these, anyway, these two can come in a set. I read them together sometimes. The first one is by well, Contested Democracy and the Left in the Philippines After Marcos by Nathan Kimpo. Mm-hmm. We all know, actually, he's been yeah. in the stall. We have an yeah. autographed copy, and I, I, I do. Um, and I think this is one of the first books I've read as an undergrad, which anyway details that... Uh, 
that branching graph of like the mm-hmm. left, you know, and mm-hmm. in a way, he talks about precisely like uh, again contested democracy, wherein of course most of the battlefield of democracy is in elections, and the left is outside of it. So in a way, there has a contested form of democracy. So it's one of the my first entry points into Philippine left, mm-hmm. and the other one which can is maybe a supplementary work. It's a bit more human. It's called The Subversive Lives, a family mm. memoir of the Marcos years. And again, by Susan and Nathan Kimpo, both Kimpos. <laughs> uh, you could we also get this in, was it published by Anvil? Anyway, and yeah, this one, yeah. yeah. This one is, again, more personal. It's a memoir and talks about their lives and their political activism. And it, again, gives the backstory of Nathan Kimpo himself, besides being a scholar, was an activist. And was also, you, you think, in the front lines, but also eventually tortured. And I'm like, when I first looked at him after having read it, saying, "How are you still alive?" I mean, <laughs> it's but of course you. It's res- but deep respect. He wasn't only a scholar, but also an activist. So uh, these two books together like give at least uh, the human flavor <clears throat> of left uh, leftism in the Philippines, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's also it's also very it's like a novel. It's like reading again mm-hmm. Game of Thrones. Like it changes per per perspective. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, I think that was it. Susan Kimpo like recently passed. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, which is sad, unfortunately. But yeah, it's one of the great things she left behind for us mm-hmm. all. So yeah. And the last thing, one of my favorite movies actually is um, uh, 2012 movie Pride, which is an interesting, based on a real movement, lesbians and gay support the minors. It's a f- funny thing because only, it's about this, well, one character. Uh, he t- tried to unite his friends, les- urban lesbians and gays, uh, and to get them to join the minor strikes during the in the United Kingdom, which was against Thatcher. Mm-hmm. His idea was to unite against the common enemy. And the weird thing is that while, of course, it's ideology motivated, what connected them together again was that common cross-sectional, intersectional source of suffering, and of course, humanity, you know. And again, the leftists, uh, leftists have quite frankly, the best political songs, you know, you'd have the unions forever, you like uh, bread and roses, which I mentioned in the feminism mm. episode. Again, it's beautiful. And again, if you want to know, again, the best of leftism, you know, uh, you've watched that movie because if you go to the news, you know, it's again, not a great thing, but if you want to, again, convert into leftists, best watch this movie and read these mm. books, which is a bit more earnest and mm. honest accounts of like what can be, what leftism can be and socialism can be actually. <clears throat> And yeah, that's uh, our episode. So yeah. thank you very much again, Kiko. For this. Yeah. Uh, would you, do you have anything to say, maybe promote before we uh, end? Uh, yeah. Uh, first, please uh, regularly listen to this podcast. Oh, thank you. Okay. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. To be fair, uh, they have good good content. Uh, uh, no, thank you. Before the the recording, I said that uh, they're, they're one of my favorite episodes. Their episodes on 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 Hannah Arendt and uh, and I also like the episode on, on with Tarantadong Kalbo because it oh was, yeah no, yeah, yeah. yeah one of our favorites uh, too it, it's it's uh, well it's it's still cerebral but you know parang there, there's a certain immediacy in the in the conversations mm. so I, I really like that parang parang uh, ano yun eh uh, kokoro to, to, to kokoro puso sa puso but, with, mm. with, but still within that intellectual milieu so I, I really find that uh, that conversation interesting and uh, yes, uh, 
I'm the editor-in-chief of uh, Praxis, the Journal of Social Democracy. Uh, because for socialists, the journal is uh, freely downloadable. Okay. <laughs> I just go to the... It, it's actually the the the, the, or, the, the, or the pub, official publication of uh, uh, Sogdom Asia, uh, uh, the Asian so, uh, Social Democratic Network. So just go to our, just go to our mm. website and uh, download uh, our previous... Uh, 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 issues for free, and you can stay, or you can also find uh, good content there. Wow! Well, thanks for the endorsement, but also please check out his content as well. You know, the journal, and clearly he's uh, very informative and interesting to listen to. And if you want more of that, please, yeah, yeah listen to uh, see his work. Okay, so thank you, and um, it's a long episode, but definitely yeah, worth sorry it. Sorry about that. <laughs> okay, lang. It's, it's a large ideology. What can we expect? Yes, <laughs> it's a massive it is. ideology. Massive ideology. Yes. Okay. So uh, this the PI podcast can be found in YouTube, Anchor, and Spotify. Please follow us there. And if you have any messages for us and maybe suggestions, comments, questions, you may send us an email at pipodcastph at gmail But until the next episode, magandang gabi mga kapiyay.